Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Henry M. Meadows, Jr. and presented by Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. It is our sincere hope that you'll join us each week as we explore what it means to be part of God's big picture through biblical discussions about the saving power of Jesus Christ and what it means for our lives each and every day, starting today. So glad you guys are joining in once again to our weekly podcast of the Mosaic of Marion. I am Pastor Hank Meadows. I'm the senior pastor here at Marion Baptist Church and so glad you guys are here with us. Once again, I have my trusty sidekick, Miss Mona, here with us. Hey, Miss Mona. Hey, it's good to be back after um, taking a week off, but it's good to be back. Well, we're glad to have you back. Um, last week was sort of boring, <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, it's so much better when you, you have uh, someone to bounce stuff off of. And uh, So I'm glad you're back. I had a good vacation. Yes, it was good. Good deal, Lots good deal. Sunshine, friendship. That's always good. Yep. And friendships makes it even better. So, just quick update, man. We don't really talk much. How's everything going with your life? Everything well? It's good. Um, trying to determine um, what God has having me to do specifically and following Him and doing that. And um, interesting to see how He um, directs and confirms. Amen. So, hey, out there, guys, um, we encourage you to pray for Miss Mona um, as she seeks that. And, hey, for me... Uh, just continually pray for me, guys, out there. This so today we're just coming with some prayer requests. Um, just pray for me, you know, as I pastor our church and um guide through this crazy thing we're going through with the pandemic and all that comes along with that. Um, there's no book out there for this thing, <laughs> and um so but God's good. Um, God's been very good to me through all this, and I believe to our church as well. But hey, let's jump in, and you have your Bibles. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. I told you a few weeks ago um, that we were probably going to come to this passage. And I fell in love with this passage. I, I think I told you guys this. I was having my quiet time one morning. And um, this little phrase jumped off the page at me in Ephesians chapter 1. And I read it. So here's the backstory. I read it. And I kept thinking about that little phrase, in him. And so I continued to read on. Usually when I'm in a book, I'll read about three chapters in my quiet time. And then I'll go to the book of Proverbs and read the proverb for the day. And I'll read a psalm of the day. And then I'm also reading somewhere in the Gospels as well. So I'm reading this and I get over about chapter three. And I just cannot move past these words, in him. And so I come back to it and I just start underlining in him and i you know what do we figure out it was 13 in so like the close, first 13 yeah, verses 11 13, yeah like and it's just the whole first and i consider the first 15 verses 14 verses to be like a complete paragraph really now it's they've got it set up in your bibles in a different way but i believe that first 14 verses are one complete thought and in biblical terms, that's really what I consider a paragraph mm -hmm. is a complete thought. And so I just began to study and it just like the Holy Spirit opened it up for me one day. I love times when he just moves in my it's, heart like right, that. Exactly. When he speaks in, um, as you're reading, he speaks and gives you the enlightenment that you need. And, um, and sometimes you're not even necessarily looking for it. That doesn't sound right, but 
when it comes when it's unexpected like that like you experience that's always when it's more precious well you're not necessarily looking for that one right, item to jump right. off you're always looking for biblical for truth right. yes you know you're just looking for <laughs> biblical truth and um but then there are certain times when this one thought concept yes. jumps off the the page right. at you and then and then uh, this is the wonderful thing. Then when you look at it and you begin to ponder it and meditate upon it and really open up your mind toward that one specific issue, topic, phrase, whatever, and then the rest of the, the parts around it, the context of it and the entire yeah. text comes alive. Right. Um. Seriously, I have read Ephesians chapter one. I mean, you can sit down and read all six chapters in one reading in right. what ten minutes. Right. And I don't know how many times I read chapter one, but I never got out of it what I got out mm -hmm. that day. Right. I was asked one time, why is it that sometimes you can read a passage and really not get anything out of it, but then you come back and you read it again six months, sometimes maybe just a month, six months, a year later. And God just opens it up. Mm -hmm. You have any thoughts about why well, that occurs? I, um, I guess my first thought is just is because the Holy Spirit gives you what you need at the time that you need it, and yes. so um, each time that you come to it, you're experiencing different things. You are living through different things, and so um, you need to gather different truths from the word it's all there all the time mm -hmm. but um whatever it is or it's in preparation for what's coming and so um and so the holy spirit gives you what you need well and sometimes i would add absolutely right but i would also add sometimes you're just not spiritually mature enough right. to handle it right you know yeah. you're just not yeah. we're, we're to be growing and and maturing every day of our life i think we miss that concept just as you mature physically bodily you're expected i believe mm -hmm. and it's desired definitely by the holy spirit that you become more and more spiritually mature every day as well right now you cannot do that unless you're feasting on the word right so every day and that's what i encourage how many times you've been a member here now a year and a half years how many times have you heard me say you need to have a quiet time right spend time in the word um and just feast upon it so anyway here's the phrase that is found so often in ephesians chapter 1 um verses 1 through 14 in him i want to read just a few and i want you to catch it as as i read down through it i'm gonna start at verse 3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ 
as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we might, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, sealed, were sealed with the Holy, promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. In him, in Christ, through him. How often did we, or through Jesus Christ, I mean, it's like Paul is making a point to the church at Ephesus. Right. And as you were reading it, I, I was just thinking, that don't you see the whole picture yes. in this? You see the south from um, before we were saved to our salvation, to our justification, to our sanctification, to our glorification. The whole thing is right there. We're rolling in big words today, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it's ever since you made me do that theology study. <laughs> and that's also, but it is true. And listen, some of you out there, and, and we laugh and we joke. But hey, every so often, you actually need to learn some new words. Right. You need to learn some of these theological terms because they have such meaning to them. Right. Um, so let's just jump in right here. So I want to give you a basic definition that I, I have. You know, I probably stole it from somebody and read it in some other book. But um, I'm going to claim it right now. Um, I have no clue where it came from because I'm not that smart. Um, here's what in him really means if you get down to it. In union with him translated he is our foundation our everything it's a picture of um scrambled eggs in a sense i mean that's the best picture i can think it's just a picture of scrambled eggs and you're to be scrambled up your life is scrambled up with jesus's life and you can never undo that mm -hmm. what a great picture that is to me <laughs> never considered a scrambled eggs before that but that's great <laughs> <laughs> and really, that's, um, I mean, we we see that throughout Scripture and especially Paul's writings of um, that it is, as Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so we become, um, we are to become more and more Christ-like. And so we live our life as what Christ would have us live as, not us. It's not us anymore. It's not right. about us anymore. It's, it's totally not about us. And, and you're so right. He gives you the whole plan. Um, and it begins, so we'll just sort of begin here in a little bit. Um, his plan was for adoption. Mm -hmm. That was his plan from the beginning. From the very beginning, in his foreknowledge, he wanted to adopt us. See, so it says there in verse 4, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Now think about that. Before Genesis 1 1 right. or before Genesis 1 through 1 3 when he said let there be light he was already thinking about you right it didn't come as um when Adam and Eve sinned and then God said hmm I need to do something about this <laughs> or it didn't come because of um whatever sin that happened and God said I need a plan he had a plan from the very beginning before he even made the world he knew us and chose us and wanted us. Now, some of you may be thinking out there, how is that possible? Mm -hmm. Well, here's how that is possible. He's God. Right. <laughs> so often, and I deal with this with a lot of people, 
we want to put God in a box and we want to make God like us um, seemingly. And I think we do that um, so we can control him. We don't like things that we don't understand. Right. Now, I want to tell you this. Personally, I don't want a God I can understand. <laughs> I want a God beyond my comprehension. Yeah. And the fact that before there was the beginning... He was already thinking about us. Right. He already had a plan. The second person of the Trinity had established what his role would be right. as Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. And it was as if, and, here, and, I, and I spoke about this yesterday, and once they made that decision before the beginning, it was as if it was already done. Right. How crazy is that? Right. It's so hard for our finite minds to understand and and to even think about before the foundation of the world. We we don't have a concept of that. We don't understand that except through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we think beginning is the beginning. Right. Right. <laughs> right. But he was before the beginning. Right. Which doesn't make sense in our language, <laughs> not even in our language and in, in our thinking, because the word beginning means beginning, but it was before the beginning. You're right. I was teaching Sunday school and I had this one young man um, at my last church where I was a youth pastor at, but I had this one young man. He was literally probably in the eighth grade was already smarter than me. <laughs> Seriously. He was a genius. And I was teaching on creation. And I was talking about dealing with the fact that God was already there. Mm-hmm. And then I referenced this. And he's like, but there can't be anything before the beginning. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, there is. That's called God. Right. <laughs> and so this young man, he legit struggled with that because he was so intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, But... That's the God I want to serve, who right. who is not bound by time, space, or anything. He lives outside of all that because, and he's just always been. Right. Period. Right. If you can't understand that, join the crowd. <laughs> so before the foundation of the world, there he is. So in him, uh, before the foundation, that we should be holy, set apart, different, and blameless. So that means that our blame has been taken away and his righteousness given to us. In love, and I think that is so important right there. I said it many times, scripturally, God is love. Right. But so many want to stop there and have a license to sin, to live carnally, to live as if... um, God has to forgive them. Right. Now you get where I'm going. I'm on on thin ice here. Now, God is bound by his laws that he set up. Right. That when we sin, he will forgive us. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. We all know that. Right. But I really struggle with the person that sees salvation as a license to Mm -hmm. sin. Mm -hmm. Well, yes. Um, And Paul addresses that where he says in Romans, should we sin even more because of the grace of God? And by all means, no. Um, And we have to remember that God is love, but God is also mercy. God is also just. Yes. God is also um, righteous. 
And he is all of those things all together. He never um, acts outside of all of those together. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just act on his love or just act on his justice. He acts on all of it together. And we need to be the same way. We need to understand that and we need to um, live in such a way that we are falling under that and that we don't just assume that um, that he will act in his love, um, but he will also act in his justice. And we don't like to think about that. We don't like to think about him judging no, us no. Or, or coming with his um, discipline um, or consequences that we might have because of our sin. We just want to have, focus on his love. And we, yeah, we want love and mercy. Right. That's it. Just love and mercy and all right. the rest. Right. You just sort of take that away. Right. Um, so we have to make sure that it's in love. He loves you. There's no doubt for God not just, and I talked about this last night in my sermon, how he's a bountiful God. Right. He didn't just love us for God so loved the world. He is love that he desired to adopt us. It says in love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. Adoption, it, it magnifies, I, really, I wrote this in my notes up here. Adoption magnifies the greatness and the love of the Father mm -hmm. for sinners. I think about Romans 5, 8. He demonstrated his love. Right. In that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for right. us. Right. And before the, we go back to, and I'm harping on this, before the beginning, he loved us already. Knowing that we were going to sin. Exactly. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And he desired for us to come in as son, as sons and daughters, and yes. as, as heirs, not as oh, just come over as a friend, yes, but to be to adopt us and make us as sons and daughters, so that we are joint heirs with Christ, so that we um, reign with Him. I mean, all of those things that we get, um, these spiritual blessings that He talks about in verse three, um, He didn't. He could have just said, "Just come on, just come on over as a friend." Yes, but He didn't. He said, "I want you to be mine." one of mine and that makes a huge difference absolutely and bringing that up he says it there we can go back to verse three you know with a friend will get some blessings from right. you right a son or daughter gets every right. and that's how he treats us exactly that and in your bibles if you're there you ought to have it underlined or circled he said who has blessed us in christ with every see they're at our fingertips uh-huh we just refuse to accept them at times right. or even acknowledge them or live them. Mm -hmm. But he's desiring to bless you. He's desiring truly to bless you more than, than you think, act upon, or anything. You know, you go to Ephesians chapter, end of chapter 3, when he wants to, above anything we can even think of. Right. Ask or imagine. Yeah. 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 Think of that. Right. Beyond anything. Right. And if you've experienced that in your life, um, as I have, you, it, it's just, it blows you away. It really does to think that he loves you that much, that he would give you those things that you couldn't even think to ask for. But you have to have an attitude of gratitude Absolutely. and thanks. Yes. Uh, so often, and we all struggle with this, let's just be honest. I'm, I'm going to speak for all of humanity. We're selfish. Mm -hmm. We are. Right. We're born that way. I mean, one of the first words a child will ever know is mine. 
But even as adults, we are selfish, and so often we will fall into the trap. I think one of the easiest traps that the enemy has is to try to make us think we deserve the blessing of God. Yes. We don't. Right. Even in salvation, we still sin, and we break the fellowship. So you tell me how much of a blessing as as a daddy, a mama. Uh Uh-huh. When, yeah, when our kids are doing great, yeah, it's easy to bless them. But man, what happens when they fall short and they do not live up to our rules and regulations for our house? Right. I'm not looking to bless them. Right. (laughs) I might bless their britches off in a way, but it won't be in the way that they're looking forward to. And yet God, in the midst of all that, he's quick to forgive when we come in full confession. Right. That's just a crazy thing, man. Mm-hmm. That if I confess my sins, and by the way, let me address that. You don't need to confess them to a pastor. Right. I, matter of fact, I really don't want to know your <laughs> sins. You know, I've always held to this. Private sin needs to be dealt with privately. Public sin, okay, yeah, you need right. to deal with that publicly. Mm-hmm. But if it's just your sin in your life and you're, you're coming in full repentance... Confess it to God, not to Hank. <laughs> I don't want to know your sins. Well, because that's the the beauty of um, what Jesus did for us is we have access to God now, and so um, through His flesh, the torn veil, and so we don't we don't have to go through anybody. No, we can go directly to the throne of grace. And let me just say, as a pastor, thank you, Lord <laughs> Jesus. I'm sorry, I know <laughs> your train of thought. No, that no, we we do have access. And so we have all these blessings that are out there, but they, let me circle back now, but they don't, God's not just going to give them all to us because he's just a God of love. You know, just do whatever, you know, just whatever. He's not this big grandpa in the sky. (laughs) Right. You know, I remember my, and I can, my grandpa, if he was around, I would get in trouble. I mean, I'd go run into grandpa. And, And. my mom and dad would get so mad that he'd grab me up and like, y'all leave this boy alone. He <laughs> you know, he saved me from a lot more spankings. And I remember doing that with my brother as well. And then my mom and dad were like, but my, that's what so many people picture Jesus and God the Father as. This big grandpa that's going to give you everything you want. No, he doesn't. Oh, he wants to. Right. And it's there for you. It's there for the taking. It's his desire. Right. Because, you know, when we read there in Psalm 37, all those things, that, and he says he desires to give you um, the desires of your heart. That's only when they're in accordance to Absolutely. his will. Yes. When your will and his will really begin to mesh right. and intertwine. And we see the picture of that with the Israelites who, um, you know, he laid out for them. This, this is what you will do. And this is what I will do if you mm-hmm. follow the blessings for obedience. But then he also said curses for disobedience. Yes. And so even in his love, he has to hold up, hold us to that standard um, because otherwise it wouldn't be love. Yeah. Love has discipline. Right. You, you, love is not letting you get away with everything right. and anything. That That's not love. I hate to break it to you. Right. Love is, hey, here are the rules. Because mom and dad, I want to specifically talk to you for a minute. You're in the place of authority in your child's life that is showing the role of Jesus and God the Father and the Holy Spirit in their life. And they'll never, ever worship and have respect and authority 
for the God they cannot see right. when the authority they can see has no discipline. Yes. yes. Yep. Absolutely. That will preach. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And and you you can watch and see um, with parents and children um, who has the respect of their children. I remember somebody telling me that, you know, it was obvious that my kids respected me. And um, gosh, that just meant so much to me. Yes. And but the whole purpose of our training them for that was so that then they would follow God. The whole purpose of of training them. This are we going on a rabbit trail? I don't know. No, the, the no. Whole. Because here's why. Let me make sure. Because somebody will accuse me of tracing <laughs> a rabbit trail out there. No, it's talking about adoption as exactly. sons. And so the whole reason of training our children to obey us and follow us and respect us is so that, like you said, they will do that with God because. That then trains them to obey God and to follow God. Yeah, and he's the authority, ultimate authority in our life, but he is the unseen God. Right. And yet, if somebody will not sit under the authority of one they can see, right. how will they ever come to the place to sit under the authority for their life with one they cannot see? Right. That And it will not happen. Right. I mean will not it seems sort of like absolute but it's 99 percent. Right. let's just be honest right. and so god and look i'm speaking a lot to you dads out there dads don't check out you have a, a mighty and and important role keyword role that god has placed you there he's placed you as the family priest the family pastor the head of the home and you're to be the authoritative figure not like you telling you walking around marching orders of people. That's going to get you a black eye and a bloody nose, dude. But live according to the scriptures. Wash your family with the word daily. Come on, dads. Be men. And so we want to go back because our time is quickly running. <laughs> and it's quite obvious to me that we're going to have to finish this up next week. Um, but the adoption is to place a son. And that's the what of really what he wants to do. And we've already really addressed the when. That was before the foundation of the world. And we've sort of talked, And but the how? Through Jesus. Right. Now, some of you are going, what do you mean through Jesus? Exactly what it says, through Jesus. Everything that he did. Now, I'm going to step out real quick, and then I'm going to leave you guys. I'm going to whet your appetite. For next week. Jesus did not become the son. Until the birth. You with me? Uh huh. And then it was through. Now he was always Jesus. He was always second person of the Trinity. But the role as savior did not occur. And the role as his only begotten son. Did not occur until. The birth. Then. Everything now is through Jesus. You with me? Mm -hmm. Am I making sense? Yes. Prior to that, remember, it was all about through God, mm -hmm. really. It was coming to God and working. It, God, the, it was always God. You never really heard about Jesus. Now, he was there. The picture is there. He's I was going to say it was all pointing to all him. Pointing to all him, pointing to yes. him, yes. All um, establishing, establishing it, yeah. establishing what Christ was going to do and why he needed to do it. But he came to the forefront, as it were. Maybe bad choice of words there, but 
especially about he came to the forefront in his role as the savior when he was born. Um, so it was through him and his work of being born of a virgin, living a perfect and sinless life, dying for sins he never committed, going to the cross, taking the beating, which goes back to Leviticus, you go to all those burnt offerings, sin offerings, he fulfilled every one of them, dying on that cross, and then resurrecting on the third day. And I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. All that according to the scriptures. Right. In verse 20 of Ephesians 1, we have the final in Christ of the chapter, which we didn't, we only read through 14, but um, it talks about when God raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand. And yes. so, and then he does that for us. Yes. But right, that, that through all of that, that Jesus, Jesus's life um, here on earth and all those that the things that God did through him and we see that in verse 20 that the final culmination of all of that was um, raising him from the dead and seated him at the right his right hand so that then we can benefit through the from those things absolutely that's the how and we'll address more of that next time because our time is now gone and um, hopefully that'll whet your appetite for the next time so Miss Mona closes real quick with a word of prayer and then I'll close it out Father God, I pray that we would um, just be mindful that we are indeed in Christ and that we need to live that way and that everything that you have done, you have done um, with a purpose that you determined before the foundation of the world. And Lord, it's so hard for our finite minds to understand that. But I pray that we would allow your Holy Spirit to um, cause that to take root into our hearts so that we can live that way, so that we can live in light of that truth. And help us to um, to really see those truths and to have it affect our lives and our hearts so that we, um, as we study and as we learn, that we would become more Christ-like. We thank you for entrusting these things with us, and we thank you for um, being able to speak and to have people listen, and we pray that lives are changed. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. And this is has been the Mosaic of Marion, and we're so glad that you tune in every Tuesday morning or Tuesday whenever you tune in after Tuesday for the latest episode. Next week, we'll be back with another lesson out of Ephesians chapter 1, still dealing with in him. I am Hank Meadows. This is Miss Bona. God bless you guys. See you next week.